Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Thanks for waking up for us, uh, for us with us on this Tuesday that feels like a Monday. Yeah. I am. Uh, my brain is still in. No, everybody Christmas did mode. just wake up for us. They specifically. did. I, I just didn't want to assume anything, you know. But if you did wake up for us, thank you. We're happy to have you here uh, with us on Morning Footy alongside Alexis Guerrero's Freddie Adu on the desk making his debut. Yeah, I'm here. This is this is the Christmas gift from us to you, the viewers at home. So Freddie, happy to have you with us. Christine Great Cooper. To be here. Here on the desk as well. I and thought I was Martin. the gift, but okay. I mean, way to put me right in check immediately. <laughs> really, both of you are the gift, too. I'm sorry, Alexis. Yeah, no, it's cool. I'm the white elephant the gift time. nobody wants. <laughs> Sorry, so good. No, you know what's even Alexis, worse? I would steal you. Thank you very much. But you know what's even worse than the gift that nobody wants is the one that, like, everyone just kind of keeps, like, just like you put it back under the tree. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, the sweater. Like this, this gift's being picked over yeah. just a few too many times. Or the one Damn, that someone's bro. like audibly being like, I don't want this. Don't want it's usually you like know? the extra pair of slippers or something yeah. from like the person that you haven't seen. Alexis, you're awesome. Or the oversized underwear your grandmother gave you. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> sure. You know, a universal sure. experience. Yeah. Right, you guys, we're, Where talking, did you find this? we're talking Christmas gifts and an, an excellent gift here for our morning footy family was the addition of a of one Ian Fuller to yes. the family because Susanna Collins is married, y'all. Take a look. Here are the new Mr. and Mrs. Fuller. Wow. I mean, Lifetime Movie Network has not stopped <laughs> picking up the phone trying to get a hold of this story. As they, they look should. Amazing. I have never uh, I heard seen it's a beautiful day. A more stunning bride. They're in my entire life. <laughs> First of all, this looks like the photo you get in the frame. Before you take it out, when you buy it, before yeah, you take it out for your own family, they haven't this even got the professional photos back. This yet. is Vogue bridal, for real. Very much. It looks so, so happy. Oh, beautiful. So beautiful. beautiful. We're so happy uh, for Susanna and for Ian, and everything just looked amazing. Nice little Christmas time wedding. Beautiful. Oh, we get Mrs. Fuller heart. back on the desk. I know that's going to be an adjustment. Nah. As somebody who also changed their name, kind of. You just added. <laughs> I just added right? a name. I really just took my maiden name and moved it to my middle name. So that was that was my approach. Yeah. Which hasn't been any less confusing for people. Some will still hyphenate it. I'm like, well, it's not hyphenated, and then it's just not worth it at that point. You just kind of let it go. <laughs> too much arguing. Yeah. Too many. Too now many you just sound like a law firm. <laughs> yeah. Who do you? Who are you with? I'm with I, Ali Trostman Martin. They're uh, great. <laughs> There. Hey, there we go. The roast session out. has begun. Yeah, the roast session. Go to law school, but hey, uh, 
Freddie, Christine, we're so happy to have you guys with us. Freddie, on the desk, how does it feel? Because you had great. that amazing interview. Feels great. Feels great. I, I miss Charlie, but you know, I'm He's here. He's the only person. You don't have to lie. I miss <laughs> Charlie. I always miss Charlie. Charlie and I go way back. Uh, when I was here last time, he roasted me a little bit. I was, you know, hopefully I get, I get him back. Soon. Yeah. No, I. I, I haven't forgotten that. Well, if, if Charlie's watching, you can feel free to send him a few digs. And if he's not, we'll make sure to clip him. In I'll tell you what, though. It's because of him. I got a nice, fresh little haircut. You know, I didn't have that. You know, when I came here last time, I didn't have my haircut and I had a hat on. But I had to take the hat off. And Charlie was just killing me the whole time. Because my hair was all over the place. But now, you know, I came in a little he bit better. He set you up. Yeah, he definitely yeah, a little bit better, you know. Hey, it's not about the cut. It's about the content, okay? Yeah, yeah. 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 No, but the you trim know. is important. See, the trim is important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. You got to look fresh. That was a Fantastic interview. We're happy to have your insights here on the nice. desk today. So that's going to be uh, a lot of fun. Did uh, did everyone have a good holiday? Happy Kwanzaa to those who celebrate today. Christmas yeah. was yesterday. Mm -hmm. Did your in-laws kick you out uh, they, after you roasted them on the yeah, show? Yeah, yeah, on yeah. So they did see the video, uh, <laughs> but they were. This was the nicest they've ever been to me. So. I don't know. Maybe I should uh, cook them a little more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Turn that heat up. Yeah, <laughs> dog. Maybe that's all it took. I don't know. It's going to be kindness under duress. They're like afraid you're going to pull up and be like, so on today's episode of right. the Guerrero's family. Yeah, it's <laughs> trauma dumping here on Morning Footy. Yeah. Uh, Freddie, what about you? It was great. Just spending time with family, seeing everybody, you know, everybody smiling, laughing. It's awesome. That's what it's, it's all awesome. about. That's what it's all about. Yep. Christine? Christmas Eve is my favorite food holiday. So I'm content there. I didn't really need much else, but. Did you do the seven time. fish thing? We did, but it nice. was actually six, if you go by me, because my mom tried to slide in a second fish dish, and that doesn't count in my Ooh. book. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm, I'm picking up what this fish, like yeah, six fishes? Yeah, Feast of the Seven Fishes is okay. something that is generally an Italian-American thing, okay. specifically Southern Italian-Americans of that descent. So um, you have the Feast of the Seven Fishes, in line with Roman Catholic Church, a lot of the yeah. whole Advent, don't okay. eat meat on Friday kind of thing, yeah. abstaining. Some but, families yeah. do call it the Feast of Seven Fish, but it's like the Feast of 25 different fish products. Yeah. It's I mean, insane. I feel like you do have to narrow them down, which we do. And there's no set seven fishes that you're supposed to have. Yeah. So it's All right. whatever you want. Interesting. Okay, the more you know. I was fortunate to spend time with my family in St. Louis. And this is just like a fun little fact about uh, the Trost. Every Christmas for the last... 23 years, we were, uh, rent out an indoor soccer facility in St. Louis, and we all get together and we play soccer. We play a little left-right center at the end. It gets competitive. Once an uncle tore an ACL. I mean, like that's like we are competitive about it. I Did know. your team win this year? I didn't. I didn't get a chance to play because I was flying back here to be on the show. But oh. I, oh. I, I was gonna ask well, if you guys you. could adopt me until you mentioned the ACL and <laughs> PTSD like, set in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm like seriously. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that was uh, that was fun. But okay, enough of the holiday talk. It is uh, another special holiday, Boxing Day here in uh, the Premier League. Some action already underway as Newcastle United taking on Nottingham Forest. Newcastle up one nil on a penalty by Alexander Isak. And here's a look at some of the other games kicking off today. Bournemouth taking on Fulham, Sheffield United, and Luton Town. A little relegation zone battle there at the bottom of the table. Burnley and Liverpool, and then Man U taking on Aston Villa later on today at 3 p.m. Eastern. That is going to be uh, a big one but when we look at some of the matches that stand out I don't know you guys my eye keeps going to this Man U Aston Villa game especially given the fact that Man U is coming off of a big 2-0 loss over the weekend which just brings up the question that we've been asking ourselves all season long and that is how hot is Eric Ten Hag's seat now given that they are 
continuing to slide. They're in eighth place in the Premier League table. Crash out of Carabao Cup, crash out of Champions League. I mean, Alexis, what is next? I mean, it's so difficult to decide what's going to happen with them now that the looks like the ownership change is potentially now kind of been starting to get finalized. Uh, from all rumors or from all reports, it looks like the, you know, Ratcliffe era will begin and they will take over the footballing decisions. Who knows when that finally will be in place. But it feels like his seat is fairly secured until that time. I can't imagine they're going to sack him, get somebody else in, and then allow a new group to take over footballing decisions. So for the most part, you just kind of just have to hold on and hope that the results start to get better and they can continue to slide closer and closer to Europe, which is where a club of Manchester United's yeah. sort of size and, and uh, you know, stature belong. Well, and Freddie, that's the crazy part. Like, this is not the Manchester United that fan, fans of Manchester United especially are used to seeing. And it feels like that's a club that's only going to have a, a, a bit of a leash for maybe not that much longer. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't agree with you on that one. I think his seat is hot right now. It's really hot. Like, it's scorching hot. <laughs> you know why? Because Manchester United is a big club, and they expect results, right? Mm -hmm. Right now, they finished third last season. Now they're in eighth place. They, they aren't scoring a lot of goals either. Mm -hmm. like, it's not like they're playing, you know, attractive football or attractive soccer, and the fans are happy with the way they're playing, and they're getting unlucky here and there. They just don't look as good as they have in the past. So he, they need to get better, and they need to get better fast. And, I, I, you know, just because there's a change in ownership, I, I've seen it before where – Coaches still get fired, you know, even if there's a change in ownership, especially if things aren't going the way they're supposed to. And for uh, right now, Manchester United just does not look as good as they, they, they did, and they're just not playing attractive soccer right now. Do they have the answers, Christine, within this I don't, current group? You know, my thing is they seem to have so many different things going wrong that my question is what, what do, where do you start the repair process at, mm -hmm. right? So obviously new ownership but then you also have really unattractive play. You don't really have an identity like you've had in the past. You're no longer a, a team that people cower in front of. Yep. It, they're getting further and further removed from that. So I would say, I don't know, like Freddie, what do you think? What, where would you start? Obviously new ownership is a step in the right direction, but what's the next step that you take to repair a team like this that's I mean, kind of coming apart at the seams? Well, for me, the first thing is they need to score goals. Like right now they only got 18 goals. I mean, the team with the least amount of goals is Sheffield United, and they're in last place right now, mm -hmm. right? They've got 13 goals. Manchester United only has 18. I mean, and they're down there with teams like Luton, and, you know, and th those teams are towards the bottom of the, uh, of the league right now. They need to score, and, and, but their defense isn't even that bad. They just got to score more goals. I mean, well, they're averaging yeah. a goal a game. When like, you look at the West Ham match, they literally only got three shots off on target. 11 all in. Right. That's not, that's pretty damning. I mean, it is, it is against a much better team at the moment. It's certainly in much better form. And you look at some of their signings. They brought in, obviously, Anthony. Mm -hmm. Question marks about whether that's worked out or not. Fans are suggesting it's not and probably doesn't really have much of a future there if uh, Eric Ten Hag is gone. You bring in Roysmus, uh, uh, Rasmus Hoyland. 14 matches this season, zero goals in the Premier League. Obviously, he scored in Champions League, but zero goals, zero assists. Yeah. At some point, I know he hasn't been starting much, but at some point, you're going to have to, you're going to need these signings to sort of kick in. I feel like Onana's turned right. the corner. 
I feel yes. like we've gotten to the point so where we're not going to turn the corner, but everyone going else. Right down the path that I'm looking down is that they've got a lot of really impressive names on paper. On what's paper. going to be the catalyst that actually turns them on? And what is, what's impeding them from doing so? It's crazy to me that so many, yes, you're going to have a dry spell, you're going to have an off game, but how is it that you have this collection of players who are otherwise impressive well, clearly, that are not performing? Clearly, it's the style of play. It's not, you know... It, it just doesn't suit the team, doesn't suit the players right now yeah. because it's not working. Do you think so, it's too individualistic? Yes, and, and when you look at it, like, and that starts with the coach. It's, it's how the coach wants to play, mm -hmm. right? And, and as a player, you got to do what the coach wants. You can't do your own thing because okay, right, you'll that's be sitting it. on a bench. Ten hog out. Ten hog out. I mean, if that's as good uh, of, a, of a defense as I've heard. But I think it's true. When you do have a lot of that individual talent and the questions are like, okay, well, if, if these – talented players cannot find it within themselves to come together, then that only leads you back to one person, yeah. and that is typically the manager who is responsible for putting those pieces together. Yeah. And that job is only easier when you do have world-class talent, which Man U has had as long as we've you know been following this team. I mean, they have eight losses already this season. Yeah. They had nine all last season. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's... That's the other that's... thing, too. It's like the goals aren't necessarily coming, but then it's like they're also not able to get the results as well. So right. they, they're going to have a tough task today against Aston Villa, a team that is currently second in goal. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> that's just me. Freddie's on. Freddie's on point with that yeah. one. All right. We will step aside for a quick break here on Morning Footy. When we come back, Jeff Shreves joins us on this fine Boxing Day, that's next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Here's a look at today's Boxing Day fixtures in the Premier League. Newcastle United, Nottingham Forest already underway. That match is tied up at one apiece. Bournemouth and Fulham kicking off at 10 a.m. Eastern, as well as Sheffield United and Luton Town. Burnley, Liverpool at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. And Man U, Aston Villa at 3 p.m. Eastern. And now joining us to break down these Boxing Day games is our good friend Jeff Shreves. Jeff, thanks for making so much time for us around the holidays. We are uh, so thrilled to be joining uh, or to be enjoying this time with you. And uh, I'm curious for you if you have a favorite Boxing Day memory that you want to start us off with. Well, uh, to be honest with you, Ali, it, I just love this time of year because I gorge on food and football. My twin loves. It's absolutely magnificent because there's acres of it, absolutely acres of it. As I'm talking to you behind my camera, I've got um, Newcastle against Forest on, so I'll be keeping an eye on that whilst we're speaking and obviously as well I don't know why but Boxing Day always seems to bring about um, lots of goals we always get lots and lots of goals I was thinking about it before I came on today I remember a game at Old Trafford I mean they, they would absolutely kill for this right now given that they can't score at all um, it turned out to be Sir Alex Ferguson's last game in charge on Boxing Day so it would have been what 2012 they beat Newcastle United 4-3 7 goal thriller Chicharito getting the winner. It was a fantastic game, an absolutely fantastic game. End-to-end -end stuff. I remember um, we had a 4-4 Villa against Chelsea as well, I think a few years earlier as well. So for some reason, 
We always get lots of goals, but we will never, ever, ever beat 1963. On that day, we got in the top division, no less, and they all played on the same day. There was no staggering. We got 66, yes, 66 goals in one day. I think Fulham scored Fulham scored 10, uh, Liverpool scored 6, and Blackburn scored 8. It was bonkers, gloriously bonkers. Jeff, uh, yeah, first of all, I want to see some goals. You know who else wants to see some goals? You mentioned it, Manchester United. They haven't scored in the last four. Yeah, the don't last go there then. <laughs> the last time they haven't scored in uh, five uh, games in a row was 42 years ago. So this is bad. Yeah. We've talked about how bad yeah. the situation is. Aston Villa, completely different form they're coming in on. Absolutely flying. Jeff, what are you seeing today? Could this spell the beginning of the end, or have we already seen the beginning of the end for Eric Ten Hag? Well, I think there'll be a, a curious atmosphere at the ground tonight because, of course, Sir Jim Ratcliffe and Ineos's takeover has now gone through, although it hasn't been ratified. So, to be honest with you, that will dominate the talk amongst the supporters. And all they'll be hoping is that this heralds a new era. First on the agenda would appear to be what's going to happen with the stadium? Can they somehow um, get a tune out of Old Trafford by spending a little bit of money on it? Or is it a complete knockdown job, which would be £2 billion at the top estimate? So he's got a huge amount on his in-tray. Um, I think he's made it very clear, though, that they are going to oversee the football operations department. So that will be ultimately the transfers, who stays, who goes, the coach's job itself. But that will all take time to implement. So I think, I think Eric Ten Hag will feel comfortable for the time being. Simple as that. And what dictates it is results. And right now, the results are nowhere near good enough. They were so poor, so poor against West Ham. Everything about them was wrong. Um, if I, uh, Freddie, I was going to ask you about this. There was a, there was a moment in the game, uh, Kobe Manu, promising young player, he gave the ball away, which led to a West Ham goal. But only one other player went to him and kind of put his arm round him. The senior players weren't seen, you know, saying to him, look, come on, this happened. Yeah. If that happened to you as a young player, how, how badly would you have felt? I would be devastated. Um, I mean, mm. that's, I mean, it would, have, it would have affected me for, for pretty much a, a decent while because as a young player, you want to feel part of the team. You want the, um, you want the respect and you also want to feel like the older, the, the more experienced players, you know, care about you being on the team. Yeah. And, and, and when that doesn't happen, you feel like an outcast. And that really affects young players, you know. And, and I've been in a situation like that before um, where I did something, um, you know, fortunately the team didn't score. I gave the ball away, they didn't score. But I had teammates, and this is with the national team, I had teammates come up to me and be like, hey, just Watch out for that. Don't play around with the ball, especially when we're in our own, uh, uh, you know, basically back half of the field. And, you know, they came up to me, they talked to me, they said, don't worry about it. Just, you know, let's just fix it and let's just move on. I felt good after that. But during the game, I felt like crap, you know, because that happened. Um, uh, we ended up winning the game. But, you know, at the end of the day, just having those teammates come to you, talk to you, um, just reassure you, you know, that everything's okay. You're fine. We got your back. No matter what, that, that, that felt great. Uh, but if that doesn't happen, that affects you. It really does. And, and I think it affects some of the relationship with, the, with, with guys on the team as well. 
I think it just underlines at the moment the, the lack of leadership at yeah. Manchester United and the lack of unity, if you like. And if you look at tonight's opponents, Aston Villa, they're the complete opposite. They are a real team. They're a, they are coached well. They're cohesive. And also as well, you can see that the team, they run for each other. They cover every blade of grass on the pitch. And they're in fantastic form right now, Aston Villa. You know, And this started when Unai Emery was appointed last season slowly, slowly building their way through. They'll be so disappointed where they were. The one-all draw with Sheffield United the other night, they just didn't turn up. Mm. They're nothing like their normal selves. So, so I think they'll come into the game, they'll be angry, they'll be angry with themselves. And as we go out of 2023, only Manchester City have taken more points in the calendar, in the calendar year than Aston Villa. That's how good their form is right now. So they're a big threat at Old Trafford. Jeff, we also have the Liverpool-Burnley match ahead today, and they are absolutely riding high on that 11-match win streak. One part is, I just want to get your thoughts on this match ahead, but also, how much of a contender do you think Liverpool actually are for a title this season? It's a funny one, Ali, <laughs> because, because, because Jurgen Klopp continually refers to them as Liverpool Mark II. And what he's been saying, now whether or not it's mind games, I'm not entirely sure, He's been saying that they are much further ahead in their development as he changed the squad, as they changed out from the previous, if you like, solid core of group of players that did so well for them. They have now moved forward and they are further forward in his development than they imagined. Do I think they are the complete real deal? No, I don't. But I also am not totally convinced about Arsenal, nor indeed Aston Villa or Spurs, because the only convincing side in the Premier League and the side that have had the best Christmas and Boxing Day are the side that won't be playing, and that's Manchester City. They're only six points behind with a game in hand. So, yeah, I think Liverpool are a terrific side. They've got some good young players coming in. Do I think they've got enough, or are they settled enough? Are they in the rhythm to mount a sustained challenge? I'm not entirely sure. I mean, Virgil van Dijk, said ahead of this game against Burnley. He said, what we need to do, we need to get on a roll. We need to have more consistency if we're going to challenge for this title. He knows that's exactly what they need. And that's the hardest thing in football. And Burnley, they're coming off the back of a good win against Fulham and Jay Rodriguez. For some reason, and it happens against certain clubs, certain players always do well. Rodriguez has scored against Liverpool for three different clubs. I think he scored five goals. So he'll go into that game confident as well. They'll come for an important away victory at Craven Cottage. Again, that won't necessarily be easy for Liverpool tonight. Not at all. Completely different type of opposition to Arsenal. But they'll run their socks off at Turf Moor and they'll give them a game. They'll give them something to think about. Yeah, it'll be interesting, Jeff, to see uh, if any of the teams at the top are really able to create some distance. But I'm curious, when you talk about the teams currently sitting in the top three and not being fully convinced by either Arsenal, Liverpool or, or Aston Villa, of those teams or, or maybe even a few below them, who's stands to really need to go out and maybe uh, address some some depth issues or, or positional concerns uh, coming up here in January? Mm, I think if you look at Aston Villa, I would worry about their their strength in depth, particularly cover for Ollie Watkins, who is obviously their leading goal scorer. I'm not sure that they could cope with many injuries. They certainly would, would struggle without Ollie Watkins. Arsenal, there's talk of do they need another striker? Um, Tottenham as well Richarlison they've got a tune out of him he's scoring goals but they've been linked with Dominic Solanke as well 
at Bournemouth. So he's attracting attention with his um, recent performances. I think only Haaland has scored more than him in the Premier League so far as we speak. Um, but look, Ali, again, it's, it's the age-old adage, isn't it? What do you need more of, coach? Goals. So you go out and buy a striker. So that's the position that most people are looking, which pushes up the prices. But there's also those teams that are in and around the top. What do they do? Do they stick or twist? They're saying that we've got this far. We know we're right in the pack with what we've got. Because I always remember something Arsene Wenger said to me once when I was pushing on whether or not he was signing a certain player. And he said, Jeff, never forget, it is possible to subtract by adding. And what he meant was, sometimes by bringing something new, you can upset the group. You can upset the rhythm, the dynamic if you like, destabilise the dressing room. So you have to be careful. It's not just a case of getting money, handing it out and spending as much as possible. They've got to bring something to the party. They've got to integrate quickly as well. So January signings tend to be either emergency or a situation has occurred, say, I don't know, say like Jaden Sancho, an unusual situation. There's not many top, top class players that are available in January unless, unless their contract is up in the summer. Jeff, I want to ask you about, you mentioned uh, Dominic Solanke. Uh, look, Bournemouth are incredible. They haven't lost in the last six. Uh, Andoni Idola mm -hmm. is doing an incredible job there as manager. They're coming up against mm -hmm. Fulham, which has had a little bit of a rough run the last few matches. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Well, they're going to have to do with that Andoni Irola because uh, he's suspended for the game, picked up another card. Um, as you say, they are the form team in the Premier League right now. Nobody has better results than them. And I, I read an article, funnily enough, before uh, Solanke got his hat-trick against Nottingham Forest. I mean, these headers were... I mean, look at that. That's just magnificent. Incredible. I know Matt Turner's had a rough ride lately, but I'm not sure anybody could have done anything about any of those. Um, and he said, it took us a long time to understand the new coach. He said, so for the early part of the season, there was just so much information. We found it difficult as players to take on board. There was almost too much information. But now we are well drilled. Now we understand exactly what he wants. We know when to press. We know when to keep our shape. We know when to hold. And it, it, almost, it reminds me a little bit of Unai Emery in the way that he drills his players. He absolutely gives them as much information as he feels they need, regardless if they think at times it's too much. So I think all footballers, they all want the same thing from their coach. They want clarity. I think that's what they've got right now. And that's why Bournemouth are doing so well. Yeah, Bournemouth sitting in 12th right now, but tied on points in the three-way tie between uh, them, Chelsea, and Wolves, uh, 10th, 11th, and 12th. So going to be interesting to see uh, if they can continue to push their way up the table. But, Jeff, thanks so much for taking the time to join us, my friend. Enjoy uh, the rest of your boxing day. Have fun watching these games. I hope you get 66 goals uh, and then some. I'm just kidding. I, I doubt we get that. But uh, enjoy the leftovers as well. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, folks. Great to talk to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. There is the one and only Jeff Shreves. We will take a, take a break here on Morning Footy. When we come back, we are talking some Serie Stick around. If Jose Mourinho has such a thing as a Christmas wish list, we know what sits at its top. The Derby del Sole is the final game before Christmas. Roma Napoli let there be lights. And there's a red, there's a red card. Realize there is something here after look kind of kick. Backs against the wall here, Napoli. 
Morning footy. Here's a look at some of the notable Syria weekend results. AC Milan drew Salernitana 2-2. Bologna, who have just continued to ride their heater, get a 1-0 win over Atalanta. Inter Milan continue their impressive season 2-0 over Lecce. And Roma Napoli 2-0 uh, for Roma. Tough day for Napoli. Uh, two red cards and zero goals. Also uh, a notable result, Juventus getting a 2-1 win over Frozenone. Uh, but also just a quick update as it is Boxing Day and we are currently underway between Newcastle United and Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest have gone out front uh, braced by Chris Wood. So they've got a 2-1 lead over Newcastle United. All right, back to Italy. Against his uh, old team. Against Chris his old Wood. team, yeah. Wow, bro. Ooh, he's feeling himself Flexing today. in front of the X, yo. You got to. You got to. When you go back you play against your old team, you Damn. got to. That's a lot of games for you. you got a lot of old teams, bro. No comment. <laughs> hey, get used to it. That's how yeah. <laughs> uh, you're getting the Charlie Davies treatment. Oh, yeah. Chair, oh, yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it. I prepared myself. Alexis knows when to shoot all right um, okay let's get into this Roma Napoli game and Napoli it's just been a season of highs and lows but what a high for Roma in this oh one. for and sure I mean and what a way for Jose with his dark arts I love him so much he is the greatest villain in football what what did he what spell did he cast that allowed I mean I don't know get? but he had Kvaratskhelia by the by the head doing a little after his little basta basta respect <laughs> he was like saying enough enough respect respect me show me some respect Ooh. which is just crazy but this this match had everything okay we had yellow cards we had red cards we had high emotions we had goals um, I mean it was a full on Jose Mourinho spectacular what do you think, Alexis? Dark Arts, Freddie, jump in. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a Mourinho team. Like, Mourinho's Mourinho. He's always going to be Mourinho. I love him. Just as much as you love him, I probably love him more. I love me some Jose Mourinho. Why is that? And because, the guy, like she said, the, the guy is just the biggest villain in world football, world soccer right now. And any coach that, I mean, any team that he coaches, never, they always give you a game. Right? They never, players, players give it 110% every single time. They never quit. They never stop running. They never stop working hard. And that's, you know, I don't know how he does it because there's a lot of coaches, there's a lot of teams that players quit on coaches sometimes. But with Jose Mourinho, nobody ever quits on him. If he loves you, if you're in with Jose Mourinho, he's the greatest coach ever. But if you're on, if you're like, he's the worst coach ever. Yeah. I love how he'll take away attention. If things are going bad, or yep. he'll put the attention yeah. on somebody if things yeah. are going in a way that he doesn't respect. I do love that about him. I hate the fact that he ruins one player, almost seemingly on purpose, at every club he goes to. <laughs> right? Pick a pick a team, there's one player. But I want to give him some credit, man. It's a very cynical or very pragmatic style. It's not my favorite style, the sit back, the park the bus, if you will. His very defensive 4-3-3 when he can. But you've got to give him credit when credit's due, man. He had 17 total shots, four on target against the Napoli team that you would expect after winning the Scudetto uh, last year. And Roma still to kind of be in this weird rebuilding 
he can't seem to get the, the, the ingredients to finish rebuilding it. But in this weird rebuild pattern, they go out and they kind of boss this game. They're frustrated. Yes. They frustrated he, Napoli he the knew. whole game. He knew going into this game. He yeah. gave that little wink in the beginning, and he – Obviously, you do not have a Napoli side like last season. This no. is not the Scudetto winning team. It's been entirely mm-hmm. destabilized by the managerial transitions, by business decisions, by players that went and did not get replaced because there were not one-to-one replacements for some of the players that they mm-hmm. sent off. They're currently still making changes right now. Elmas is in the mix for an exit potentially for January. They're looking to get reinforcements, but it might be a two-to-one player exchange kind of a situation. They just aren't the team that they were, and Mazzari still doesn't have his feet under him um, as manager. He's still making a couple of questionable Still doesn't have his feet under him either as he's not on the bus with the team. (laughs) I mean, them leaving him behind accidentally is... I, lo- I love this for them. But the Napoli side's got a lot of heart, and they do. They play for each other. I think that right now they're just finding that they are playing too much as individuals. They're not really mm-hmm. playing as a team like they had been before. They all feel very responsible individually for their roles, but not outside of it. Well, it's been amazing. And, Alexis, you pointed out you know, some of the pragmatic defensive approach. They've still scored the second most goals in Serie A yeah. this mm-hmm. season with 30 only behind Inter, who, of course, have been pumping in goals left and right. I mean, what – what will it take for them to maybe go for more individualistic to find that piece to really make a run here at the end of the season, in your opinion? I think that what Spalletti did was give them a really, really formidable identity. Mm-hmm. So they knew who they were. Yeah. They, they lack that right now. There's just too much that's go- come and gone. And I think they will eventually settle in. They just haven't had the time to do so. But with that, I think one of the funnier criticisms of sort of this Napoli side is like the reliance on Kvartskelia and then Osimhen. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, before they could rely on the element of surprise because nobody anticipated that they'd be as good as they are, which I think is comical. Mm-hmm. Um, and still being able to shut un- sh- to shut them down at this point. You know, yeah. Kavada is very good at carving into space. Osiman, we've seen what he's capable of doing. Um, they're absolutely world-class in any league right now. Yeah. And, well, and- well, for me, I mean, who's going to step up for them right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Osiman's going, going to play in uh, AFCON right now, and who's going to step up? Like, they depend on him so mm-hmm. much to do so much, to score, to, to you know, to some, some, sometimes create. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now... What they're, they're sitting in? Uh, they're sitting in what eighth place right now in the Serie A. Um, they got a lot of work to do, and 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 like like Christine was saying, they need to find players that are going to step up when Osimhen. Let's say if Osimhen is not having a good game or he's not there, mm-hmm. like what, yeah. what's going to happen? Somebody got to step up. Can Gio Simeone do it? Yeah. Well, it's also it is hard to go and. Uh, to find success back-to-back seasons. It takes a, a really special club, and you mentioned changes and everything, but, you know, this Napoli side, to, to win Serie A last season and then really just not – they look like a shadow of themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, Freddie, can you put into perspective just how tough it is for a team to come out with that same hunger and motivation well, the following season? Yeah, when you win uh, the championship uh, the season before, sometimes you have a little bit of a letdown, especially to begin the season and the next season because you got the highest of the highs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where it falls on the coach and sometimes the leadership of the team to rally everybody and say, hey, we got to go in with the same mentality we had last year because it's going to be different. You're not the hunter. You are the hunted mm-hmm. at this point. So teams are coming in and saying, all right, we know who Napoli is. They're good. They won it last year. They're, you know, 
everybody's playing their, their championship against them, essentially, mm -hmm. anytime they play them. So they got to bring their A game at all times, which they haven't yeah. this season. Well, which I'm not mistaken, you actually won a title your first season. Oh, yeah. So that second nice. season, did you find it hard to? <laughs> yes. Yeah? yeah. Whatever the answer. Off, I didn't even finish the question. He's like, yes. We, we started like off a little bit slower in, yeah. in, the, in the second season, and we just weren't playing the same kind of, uh, kind of soccer we were when we won the championship, you know, with D.C. United. Um, but, uh, you know, we had Peter Novak at the time, and he rallied the troops, so to speak. Um, he's a very fiery kind of coach, so he lit a fire under, under the team. And we had good leadership. Yeah. We had really good leadership with guys like Ernie Stewart and uh, uh, Ryan Nelson, you know, uh, Mike Petke, guys like that. Ben Olsen was there at the time. Oh, Jaime yeah, Moreno. So we had a really, like, we had a solid leadership group on the team. So yeah. we rallied and we, we started playing to our to our level. Oh, for DC United, baby, MLS Cup champs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, hey, a team that is trying to be in the hunt right now is Juventus, who, I mean, if not for Inter having the season that they are, are, are clear, <laughs> clearly separated from even third place Milan, Juve sitting on 40 points, four behind Inter in first. I mean, they're doing their best. Alexis in a 2-1 win against Frozenone certainly helps their case to try and catch this Inter side. It's got to be so frustrating That'd to be, be so playing annoying. as well as they have <laughs> and just have this Inter team that's like unstoppable, just I'm a monolith fired. above you um, and seemingly getting stronger. Uh, if you look at Juventus, for me, what I look at is first, obviously, the Americans on the team mm -hmm. and just how well Weston McKenney seems to have sort of turned the corner from where he was at the beginning of the season. Talking about keeping his bags packed, coach not wanting him on the team, and he's positioned himself, made himself sort of an essential player, hoping uh, Tim Weah gets healthy again. Um, but it's been fun to see. I mean, to be for Osinone, incredible. You should be beating those teams. Uh, but what's it going to take to try to even get a little bit closer to Inter? I think, they need, the I think they need Inter to slide they, more than yeah, anything. Honestly, yeah. I mean, Inter has too much depth to really think that they're going to falter in that way. Yeah. But Juve have the singular focus of just Serie A. They have a really solid squad, including the youth, as long as they can keep all of their bodies from injury, which seems to be a, a larger issue this mm -hmm. season. And, yeah, but sometimes chasing is a good spot to be, right? Like, they yeah. can't. They can't, you know, just mail it in at any point. Well, yeah, I mean, they, of course not. Of course not. You always got to play. You always got to, you know, strive, you know, to get to the top to win, right? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, staying on the topic of, uh, of uh, McKinney for a second, um, they've been trying to run him out of Juve for a long time, you know, a few times, actually. And every single time he comes back and proves him wrong, essentially. Or the coach didn't want him at some point. Um, you know, he comes back like he's talking about, talking about with his backpack. I mean, I love to see that. Why? Mm -hmm. Because I've been in a position where the coach doesn't want me, but the, 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 the president or the technical director is the one that, that, mm -hmm. that brought me in. And for me, it went south. For him, he's found a way He's found a way to make himself indispensable on that team. Yeah. Well, when you look He's at every it game starter. holistically yeah. for McKenney, when he came in, he came in really, really hot for Juve. So he set the bar for himself, which is extraordinary. He's still the current top American goal scorer in Italy. Okay, so he's got five goals scored. That's the most of any of the Americans now currently tied by Pulisic. So if he scores not a single goal for the rest of the season, they're on par just to put things into perspective. Yeah. Outside of that, McKenney did start to waver a bit and then came that Leeds loan, which 
in my opinion, was a terrible, terrible decision. Agreed. Part of Agreed. Juve, Juve were getting very impetuous in terms of they wanted back that initial signing McKenney, which I understand, but he also had to go with the ebb and flow of every change in manager, every change in tactic, everything that's been asked of him. And the burden on him has always been that he's too good at too many things. Mm. So he becomes the high utility player uh -huh. that doesn't get to specialize. And that is a hindrance to him, but a benefit to whatever team he's on. And yeah. we saw that when he was at Schalke. Beyond mm. that now, I still don't believe that when that soundbite dropped from the summer, that mm. McKenney was on his way out when they said he's no longer central to the project along with Bonucci because Bonucci was out and on his way to Union Berlin mm -hmm. and McKenney was in LA with me stateside. <laughs> they still kept him yeah. for the stateside tour, which to me made a statement. I saw him in every single closed training, open training. He was still very much participating. He was not off on his own. I saw who was training individually, who was off for injury treatments and whatever. And I'm so, so glad to see that he's come back with a vengeance, because I do think that that really put the chip on his shoulder. Yes. And Allegri complimenting him now, saying he's matured, and he's been in every single starting 11 this yeah. season, less two he subbed on. He's central to the project. Yeah. People don't understand how hard it is for a player to, you know, to. F at some point you felt like the team didn't want you or the coach didn't want you. But to come back and work your way to become an everyday starter, essentially, every game starter, and not just an every game starter, but make yourself one of the most important pieces on the team, that's that's big time hey, maturity right there. And that's a big time. 100%. Yeah, that's, and I got to say, time. as a U.S. men's national team fan, I think that's what you want, too. You don't want these players to just be tested on the pitch. It's that kind of mental growth yes. off the pitch as well uh, that is so important. Speaking so, of U.S. Huge. men's national team, uh, Matt Turner's doing pretty well right now. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> As uh, Nottingham Forest now has a 3-1 lead over Newcastle United. And, uh, yeah, there was a brace for Chris Wood. He's added a third. So there's a hat trick against his former team. Damn. Uh, as we take a look at uh, the current score in the second half of that one. And three saves for Matt Turner as well. So we had a lot of conversation last week about his struggles with Nottingham Forest. He's uh, he's finding uh, some good form in this matchup today. And there's a look at some of the other matches coming up later on today that we will continue to preview here on the show. We will take a break here on uh, Morning Footy, but we are in the, the gifting spirit. So we've got some gifts to hand out here next on the show.